You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello, 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 hello. Oh, no. Yeah, I was very tempted to hit that note at the end, but I'm like, now there are too many, there are too many devices. <laughs> you know, too many devices <laughs> capturing what I'm doing. I will, I will choke. So... Yeah, uh, glad you finished it for me. All of life's a stage. <laughs> As it goes. Uh, very nice. All is well, question mark. As you're fond of saying? As far as I know. Great. Yeah. By the way, mm-hmm. the grass killer, the weed killer. Yeah. How'd that ever end up? I was thinking about that the other day when I drove by your house and I tried to look, but I couldn't get a yeah. good... I'll say... Drove too quick. Minimal casualty. Minimal casualty? There's, there was great. one issue and it's like, I couldn't have avoided it. I checked the weather. You know, I which was the rain, right? Yeah, I was lied to. Yeah, it came anyway. So I'm yeah. like, well, okay. But I'll say what I used did a pretty good job of taking care of what was coming through the gravel because I was like a little bit spurned, the right word, scorned. I don't. I was a little bit uh, rubbed the wrong way. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm really struggling for the word. <laughs> um, I was gun shy. That's a, that's a correct. Ah, uh, um, yes. Of using it, I'm like, well, this, what the bits that I missed, you know, when it'll be here, it'll kill it anyway, so who cares? The worst I got taken care of. But there was one little part that's pretty close to my mailbox. There's like a low spot just off to the side of my driveway. And water does collect there when it rains. Hmm. And even though this, it was like past that, like it, I thought it was going to happen right away. It did not. But after a couple of days, I noticed wherever that rainwater pooled, and only this place, no other place, it must have carried some grass killer with it because that small little oval patch, patch is dead. But it's not as obvious as it once was. Hmm. And no one, you're not going to see it unless you really look. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you could, but no one. Yeah. Well, there we I, are. I learned my lesson. That's you. <laughs> Did I? Don't trust weathermen. Yeah. <laughs> they lied to me. I'll, fi- I'll figure it out next year. I'll get ahead of the game and be very... I'm gonna, I'll wait for a drought, is what I'll do. <laughs> uh, the seven years drought has come. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that... I don't know where that came from. From what depths of... Dawn to the depths, whatever madmen thought of parlay. Yeah. Again, where that's, are all these things coming too. up? But <laughs> parlay with the sky. That would be the French. Yeah. Parts uh, of the Caribbean. I'll, I'll wait for a dry spell next time. Well, there you go. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah, I have to. I want to try to figure out something else because I've got the fire pit in our backyard, mm, and I've yeah. got the boxwoods in front of my house in little little like beds right. that we've made. Yeah. And you put down the landscape fabric and all that, and still you find the little yeah. bits coming up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the fire pit, it's no big deal. But I'm like, oh, with the boxwoods, like, am I just going to have to go through it and just pull that stuff up individually? Or is there a way I can, like, isolate it enough to, like, spray it? But I'm like, I don't want to kill the boxwoods. So yeah. probably just going to have to live with, you know, weeding them. I would imagine so. Every once in a Do while. Do you have a certain kind of, like, I don't know. I don't know how this works. I've not done it myself. But, like, how much mulch? helps tamp stuff down or make it more difficult for weeds to sprout through. I don't know. Well, uh, now I use river rock. I would think that would be even better. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, you well, know, persistent weeds. Probably me, you know, I probably like laid it down not quite correctly or something like that, even though I <laughs> double layered it in some places. <laughs> Impressive. But, you know, I was actually thinking that would be very diligent and you did. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, here we are. Uncalled for, I yes, say. Yes, it's horticulture. <laughs> Dodd gone it. Well, Anyway, 
on a completely unrelated note. Yeah. Well, actually, Jesus uses a lot of horticultural That's imagery very in true. his teaching. There's a lot plenty of, of it. A lot of it. A mm. lot of it. On not a horticultural note, on the Jesus note. <laughs> right. I am reading through the Gospel of John again. That's mm. my Bible reading plan. The Gospel of John is kind of the autumnal winter gospel. Very nice. And uh, as always... I am, it sounds really like, now that I'm saying it out loud, it sounds kitschy, but like, I'm always struck by what Jesus says in the Gospels. Yeah. I think if you're really paying attention, he is always subverting your expectations. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like even if you've been, you know, like like us, you know, and grew up in the church, mm-hmm. Christian home, you know, heard all this stuff, yeah. you know, ad infinitum, and still you'll read something and it's like, Oh wow! Like wasn't I was not ready for that, Lord? You know, like yeah. kind of like uh, Aslan, you know, surprising everyone in Narnia all the time. They're always like, "Oh, like we think we we got him pegged down," and then he does something that you're like, "Oh, nope, that wasn't wasn't ready for that." Yeah, and um, such as like here was a recent one, for example, when he was dying on the cross, Jesus, and he made it a point to utter among his last words. It is finished. And he says that. And uh, it's a simple phrase. It's one word in Greek, actually, which if you've been in church for very long, you know, to tell us die. We know that. That's one of the, you know, it's like baptizo, you know. (laughs) Right. uh, I don't know what other Greek words you might happen to know. But but yeah, that one and to tell us die. Yeah. And that simple phrase, again, I think it could be easy just kind of march right past it. Like, oh, Jesus is dying on the cross. He dies for our sins. You know, like, yeah, it's finished. Great. But that phrase is actually quite monumental if you're willing to like stop and sit with it for a minute and quite surprising and i think to help reveal the significance of that again you have to stop for a minute and think about what life was like for the people of god before jesus came died and rose again okay because before that word was spoken there was a very strict procedure for entering into the temple and worshiping god yeah so if you wanted to come before god what you had to do Go to the temple in Jerusalem, enter the gates with an animal, such as a lamb, and then take that lamb to a priest who would slaughter it as a sacrifice to the Lord. And the reason you had to do that was because no one stained with sin could come directly before the most holy God because scripture makes clear God hates sin and has great wrath towards it. And so therefore, if you did not want to die for your sins, and if you wanted to be reconciled to God and enjoy his presence in worship, your sin had to be dealt with. And thankfully, God had provided a way to deal with sin. He gave the law, which said that an animal such as a lamb could be sacrificed and stand as a substitute in the stead of a sinner. And its blood could be shed rather than the sinner's blood. And therefore, the lamb would die in the place of the sinner, and the one who offered the lamb could enter into the temple and worship God. Yeah, it's not the most pleasant arrangement. No, not pleasant. And that's part of the point that we, I think we forget about, you know, is you think about that. Like, we don't live in this kind of an economy, thank right. God, this kind of a religious economy, where to worship and to cover up your sins, not cover up in the sense of like, oh, we're going to pretend these aren't here covered, like cover it up as far as like deal with it. Yeah. You were basically dealing with like slaughterhouses. Like that's what a temple is. <sighs> but part of that is meant to show you this is how ugly and destructive mm. sin is. Like look at all this blood that had to be shed. Look at what you have to do to this animal. Like yeah. that's what your sin does. I just like like do you want to take that lightly? Like is that what you want to do? Like yeah, like look at that lamb. Yeah. Do you want to That's surprising. You going to take your sin lightly now? Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like cuz you're going to have to die or it's going to have to die. Yeah. And that's part of like what it was meant to do was to break your heart mm. over your sin. 
right? And of course, we don't have that kind of imagery anymore because we're not going into temples with <laughs> lambs. I even wonder if it was like preventative in terms of, uh, that's not the right word. That's going to be a confusing word. It's meant to like keep you from. It's like you can't just, like how many times can you even come to the temple to worship? You're going to run out of, you're going to run out of livestock. This can't, you can't do this constantly. Right. It's a weighty thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And even with all that, it was not a perfect system because as the author of Hebrews says, makes clear, all of scripture, I think, you know, points this out. But <laughs> right. the author of Hebrews states explicitly that the blood of lambs and goats cannot completely take away sins. Mm. And therefore, the people had to continually and repeatedly offer sacrifices for their sins, which yeah. comes back to your point. It's like, you're just going to have to keep doing this, you yeah. know, over and over and over again. And part of that is to teach you this isn't the final answer, yeah. you know, because if it is, you're never going to yeah. get to the end. There's not enough. There's not enough blood, you know, in all the lambs and goats of the world to deal with the reality mm. of sin. I do think it is interesting that um, actually Eugene Peterson, the yeah. pastor, author, his father was a butcher. And he said he learned so much about being a pastor priest from helping his dad out in the slaughterhouse because oh, it like gosh. gave him a whole new category for understanding this, yeah. the principle of, of sacrifice and cleansing and blood and atonement. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, Ooh, okay. and you imagine the smells, oh, you know, that's metallic. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's I mean? a metallic smell. That iron in the blood. That was, um, I'm jumping all over the place, you'll forgive me because things just come to my mind, but in C.S. Lewis's novel, Until We Have Faces, it's in this little fictional kingdom called Gloam, and their local god is called Ungat, and the priest <laughs> okay. of Ungat, you know, of course, does priestly things, and the main character, Orwal, says anytime she was near the priest of Ungat, he had a holy smell, which is the smell of blood and incense all mingled together with like the stale stench of death. Ooh. And she said it was a holy, holy scent, you know, like, and then that same priest later says, holy places are dark places. They're thick, like blood, not clear and thin like water. That's the reality you're dealing with in like temple worship. Yeah. Even God descending on the temple when Solomon consecrated it, I find it interesting. He descends in thick darkness, Yeah, yeah. right? And so there's this whole thing going on here where it's like, who can draw near to God? Like all these things are happening, right? Or to use the psalmist's language in Psalm 24, who can ascend the mount of the Lord? Who can go up to his temple? <laughs> who can be near him? Mm. And so you have the sacrificial system that's going to help, but they simply cover sins so that the people can worship until they're finally taken away forever. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a, it sounds like a cheeky analogy, but like the sacrifices function a bit like a lid covering a trash can full of sin. You know, they cover it, but they don't take it away. There were some who embraced the system as temporary. They they understood. You're like David in the Psalms. He says like, yeah. it's not the blood of bull and goats that you require, but a huh. steadfast heart, you know, things like that, like a heart yeah. set upon you, you know, or God himself saying it is not sacrifice I desire, but mercy and faith and steadfast love. Mm. So they, they understood that. Like they still had to offer sacrifices, but they understood this is not the end all be all. Like right. this is, this is supposed to be teaching us and helping us look forward to something else. Yeah. And then of course, on the other side of that though, you had the people who thought, oh yes, I can merit God's approval and love by living in total obedience to this law and by offering the right kinds of sacrifices. And that's all I have to do. Mm. And my heart and my conduct do not matter. Weirdly enough, that's Still kind of familiar. Yes, it is, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Like, oh, yes, look, I've done all the things. I've merited God's love and approval and grace. And it's like, brother, do you know what the word grace means? Yeah. The human heart <laughs> has not changed much. No, it has not. No. And again, 
the reason God gave his people the law and these sacrifices was not because he needed anything, right? Nor was it some system for earning his love and approval. Again, God, it's, it is amazing how often he tries to make this clear. He says in, I think it's in Isaiah, where he's like, do I need to be fed? Like all these like idols that you say you have to like, do I need, like if I needed that, if I did, mm. I wouldn't go to you for that. <laughs> like if I did, like you're the last person, you know, you, you guys I'm not coming to you for that. Like, I'm God. I'm trying to show you something else here. So, in this case, rather, God gave his people the law and the sacrifices precisely because he already loved them and wanted to give them a way to enter back into his gracious presence. And because he also wanted to show all people how powerless we are to ever merit his love and approval in the first place. And James says that if we break one part of the law, we are guilty for all of it. Right? So, I mean, like, again... If you think so much as the, what may seem like the most innocuous bad thought that you never express, you never act on, mm. it's just you, you look at someone and you envy them. Oh, gosh. Well, guess what? You broke yeah. one part of the law, you're guilty for all of it now. Like, yeah. you're going to be held accountable. Mm. Like, that puts us between a rock and a hard place and leaves us in darkness, right? Because God, on the one hand, gives us a law we cannot keep. And then he gave us sacrifices to deal with our law breaking that were ultimately powerless to save us. All right. So you've got these like the sacrifices don't actually accomplish salvation. And if you're going to be received by God, you have to keep the law perfect. Like, so yeah. you're ugh. doesn't sound like a fair system. No, it's What's like, oh, deal? how can you how can you love me, Lord? You know, yeah. this is the case. And that question then is answered. All of that is like in you, you put all those pieces together. And when Christ says from the cross in John 1930, it is finished. Mm. That is what he's addressing. That tension, that dilemma is finished. Yeah. It's over. Because Jesus did not say, I'm done for, or oh, I'm finally through my sufferings. Yeah. No. Right? Like, that's not what he's talking about. I think I've always packed in some sort of, like, varied implications to that sentence, to that, like, that statement. Because, you know, immediately after this, he gives up his spirit. Yeah. It does feel connected in a way that feels like, oh, this trial in particular, this suffering mm-hmm. yeah. for which he came mm-hmm. is finished. But also, the implications of that fact are yes. also, they're far-reaching and like much has changed now that it is done. Yes, yes. And that is much more clearly said is that like, yeah, like Jesus's death and the work he came to accomplish was finished. And the implications of that are also that problem of like who can draw near to the Lord and how are your sins going to be dealt with and how is the law going to be fulfilled? Yeah. That is finished by this work Mm. and by his death. And that is it. It's the final atoning substitutional offering because God did not leave us between that rock and a hard place. Rather, he demonstrated his unconquerable love for us by sending his only begotten son to live the life we could not live and die the death that was ours to die. And so when he did pull himself up on the cross for the sixth time to say it is finished, he was saying that his work of perfect obedience earth was finished. He was saying that God's cup of wrath against the sin of his people was drunk and finished. He was saying that the once and for all sacrifice, not of any ordinary lamb, but in John's words, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world was finished. That's all complete. And Jesus didn't quit when he'd done 99% of the work. He did not leave any part of it unfinished. He did it all 100% to the very end. He didn't set his hand to the plow and turn back. He worked, he suffered, he endured until all he had been sent to do was complete, not just for his sake, but for ours, right? That's part of that passage I love where it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Mm. And part of that joy, and then in saying it is finished, it was to know that all the people he had bought were going to be with him and worshiping him and enjoying eternal life with him. That joy is what he 
endures for. And it's also interesting, I think, on just a final kind of almost side note that Jesus says it is finished and gives up his ghost and dies and how much that does mirror the creation work, the creation week, that he's here on Friday. He dies, which was the sixth day of the week. And then on the seventh day, God rests, like Jesus rests in the tomb, like he's finished his work. And one more time, you know, it's just like in the creation account, God works for six days. He says, it is good. It's finished. It's done. I've completed these works. And then God rests and blessed the Sabbath day. And uh, Jesus does the same thing and then rises again on the first day of the week. And there are some theologians who I think they're on the right track here when they talk about like, that's the eighth day, the new creation day. And that was like prefiguring one day, you know, if you think about it in these terms, that we're going to come to the end of the seventh day. Hmm. And typically in human history, the cycle repeats, you know, it's you end at the end of the seventh day and then you're back to the first. But then one day Jesus is going to come back and say, history as it is right now is finished. And then you wake up on the eighth day. That's going to be a really... Really good stuff, because if you believe in the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, that's all yours. You know, all that work, finished work. And God cannot possibly love you any more than he already does, and he has already accepted the final offering on your behalf, you know? So, I don't know about you, but even after decades of following Christ, that still surprises me and amazes me (laughs) when I actually, like, don't let it just become a, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. The expected statement. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. like, well, let me stop and think about that. Like, what does that mean? What are the implications of that? And it still catches me by surprise when I stop long enough to do that. So anyway, hopefully it uh, encouraged you a little today. So thank you as always for listening. And if you have any questions on this or anything else, as always, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. If you want to leave us an honest five-star review in the Apple Podcast platform, that'd be great too. Yeah. You know, you could write it and then say, I'm done with it. (laughs) Uh, Not at all like what we talked about today, but you know, different. Yeah. So anyhow, thank you as always for listening and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.